Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and let's go right to the phones. We were talking to Frank Griggs before about puppies and uh, hero puppy for life and heroes pairing people with puppies. What a tremendous program. Now let's go talk to our hero, Mr. Outdoorsman, Nate Zielinski. Boy, I like that one probably the best of all. That might be the top of the year. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm on a roll, Nate. Just wait, though. The shoe's going to fall. I'm very <laughs> concerned about that. It's like anything. Like when the bite's good, you know it's going to crash. You know it's going to hit. <laughs> hey, speaking of crashing, what's, our weather likes to go through crashes both up and down here lately. Um, and throw away your fishing log because it means nothing, right? It means nothing, and it's going to set aside the entire year now. So, yeah, throw the log out and uh, and go with the flows. And You know, Terry, you, you and I, you know, I hate to say it, but we've both been doing this forever. Um, you know, I'm in my, like, 22nd year of guiding in Colorado. We've seen it all. And I tell you, I don't want to say this is the first because um, I haven't looked back at my logs far enough, but I can't remember, we'll put it this way, the last time that I was able to fish all of Chatfield and a good portion of Cherry Creek in March, especially this far into March. You know, usually we're using planks and boards to get on the ice. We might be able to say that we fished March 1st, and then we pack it up. But right now, we have ice on the front range, and I'm not even necessarily, you know, saying that this is something you have to go get on. It's more so just kind of odd. You know, generally speaking, we are on our boats and or getting very close to getting on our boats on the front range, um, and things are kind of, you know, moving into that open water season. And honestly, Terry, we are a long ways off. Anybody that knows ice knows that even when it gets to the point to where it's honeycombed and rotten, it takes a while to leave. And especially in Colorado, where we have to have 100% ice-free before we open to boating. So, you know, we have to be ice-free. You know, our Colorado Parks and Wildlife officers have to go check the lake for debris, set buoys, prep the docks, uh, and then open. And, and, Terry, it's a long ways off. Uh, I mean, I know that we had staff on the ice this morning at both the fisheries, Chatfield and Cherry Creek. Um, I mean, in worst cases, we're seven to eight inches. But at Chatfield, we have almost a foot in a lot of areas. Um, so we have a lot of ice. And I actually got yelled at about this the other day because I personally said I love it. Now, I love you know pre-spawn walleyes and spawning walleyes off the boat as much as anyone. But what happens, Terry, is right now on the ice, I have giant rainbows in the mountains. I have unbelievable pike action in the mountains. And I have lake trout in the mountains. And spring is the best for those species on the ice. Now, when all of a sudden open water hits at Chatfield, Cherry Creek, you know, fishing Pueblo, when open water hits, I get distracted. I tend to abandon the ice because, let's face it, it's easier for me to push down on the throttle on a boat and move spot to spot than dragging my sled. So I usually abandon my ice fishing operations to take advantage of the front-range walleye. But since that option's not available yet on the boat, I'm sticking to ice, and in it, I'm having some unbelievable action. So it's exciting to you know at least not get distracted in the spring, focus on the good, um, and catch some big fish. I'm going to make a few comments, and I want to turn it over you to kind of fill in the blanks first of all the sun is very high in the sky right now we're we're in the middle of march and the solar energy is extreme and even though it may be a long it may be a while before we can get a boat on the lake 
that ice could become unsafe for ice fishermen very quickly. If you Absolutely. want to take advantage of that bite, I would get out there in the next couple of days. We've got some warm weather coming. Don't push your luck, even though it is the greatest fishing. Now, that's going to be the opposite up in the mountains where we still have. We'll probably, the temperatures have been low enough. Well, we'll probably have good ice fishing in some mountain lakes into May, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as it comes up. But just be extremely careful. Uh, there's going to be a time as this ice starts to recede, and we're going to talk more and more about that, when even before it's gone, the shore fishing is going to be phenomenal. But there's also going to be a period of time when the fish are unmolested, where there's going to be very little access to fish. The ice won't support you. There may be some shore openings. But those fish, and then all of a sudden, there's going to be a few days when fish are accessible, and they forgot that the human beings are predators, and they're going to become more. They're going to become more vulnerable. And the third thing I want you, and you don't have to address all of these, but are we going to miss open water for the walleye spawn? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I'll start at the beginning. Um, I agree. Number one, the ice conditions can change very fast. You have a a 60-degree day, but more than temperature, like you said, the UV hurts the ice more than anything. So, you know, the bright, brilliant sun beating on the ice, we get one good day of wind. And even though we're nowhere near boating, it could definitely affect just the overall, you know, ice safety for the angler. So 100%, use safety. Like we mentioned in the last radio show last week, do not go just by thickness. Um, This is all about ice quality, honeycomb ice, moisture in the ice. Um, you know, where four or five inches on early ice is more than enough to hold you up. Sometimes seven, eight inches this time of year is not enough. So again, ice quality is everything. Use caution. And you talk about shore fishing for walleye. That's one of those things that right now at Cherry Creek, the West end around the Marina docks, there's open water there and guys are catching walleyes on jerk bait. So there's literally an open water bite. And then you can walk a couple hundred yards down the shore, get on the ice, be standing on good ice and, and be catching walleyes through the ice. So there's both bites going right now, which is pretty cool. And as we start to open up, um, as we get wind, you know, a lot of times our dam faces open up first. Um, you know, then a lot of the other little points will open up because they're rocky. They hold heat. And as we start seeing open water, there's always that opportunity to catch walleyes from shore. And this time of year, we mention it every year, whether you are on a boat or on shore, we're fishing the same waters. I'm on the boat trolling the shores, casting the shores, or you're on shore casting out. We're targeting the same same fish no matter if we're from shore or a boat so don't let that hesitate yet this is one of those times to get back to your roots on years like this where we might have extremely late open water um you know get out and do some shore fishing get those jerkbait rods get the jig rods um and you can catch walleye from shore so look out for those opportunities because by far they're going to exist long before we get our boats on the water unless you're willing to go down to pueblo so keep that in mind it'll help you out catch some fish um I cannot tell you how many calls I have got about the walleye spawn. Obviously, in Colorado, Colorado Parks and Wildlife does an amazing operation of netting our walleyes in the spring. It's how they collect the eggs and milk, everything to kind of produce of our walleyes. Um, obviously, that usually gets started March 15th on the front range. Um, that obviously is not happening right now. Um, I have a couple calls scheduled with them later this week, and we're actually going to discuss it for next week's show. Um, obviously, they will get on the ice the second they can. They don't have to go by necessarily the rules of it being 100% ice-free, but 
obviously it has to be ice free enough to where ice can't blow into the nets and ever strand fish. So there is still a lot of things that are up in the air with that. Uh, but they will get their operations going as soon as they can. Um, honestly, Terry, you know, they usually wrap up in about two weeks getting their, you know, they're from a hundred to 150 million fertilized eggs. Um, you know, they stop once they hit a quota. They don't stop necessarily because they're lacking fish. So even though sometimes they wrap up by April 1st, it doesn't mean the walleyes are done. So even if they don't get on the water until early April, I think they'll have enough fish uh, to where it won't affect our overall numbers. And they have backup plans of a couple other fisheries. A lot of people know what they are. Some don't. But but they do have two backup fisheries scheduled right now to that have the fish that spawn later, almost even up into May. So for some reason, if the front range of Cherry Creek, Chatfield, and more so Pueblo, and of those two really, it's Cherry Creek and Pueblo, if those fisheries aren't available or don't produce fish, um, they'll rely on some others. But the operations at Pueblo are all scheduled to go. So I don't anticipate any CPW issues with walleye due to this late ice. So, so that's a really good thing to kind of keep in mind. Now, I know that we're going to have probably a few days of safe to questionable ice fishing. With a walleye bite, we almost never get through the ice on the front range. If you take advantage of people, do, do be extremely careful. There's going to be some shore fishing. We're going to get more and more of that. You mentioned in the mountains, the pike, the lake trout, and even the just the rainbows and browns are going to be phenomenal. It's going to be some of the best fishing of the year. You have to be careful where you're at there, but we should have fishable ice for quite a while. But I'm going to admit to you, Nate, that because of the warm, cold, warm, cold, I checked out. I started working on my open water gear. I've got my, I had a hundred long rods set up in my garage. I put a picture on my Facebook page that I was re, re-going through my own uh, gear and getting ready for next year. And I'll tell you one of the things that I do every year, but then let's talk about getting ready. Every year what I do, I always have a number of rods that are rigged, both in my boat and for shore fishing that I can throw in my truck or trade back and forth. And a number of those rods are rigged for specific applications. Let's just say one for me might be a plastic worm for a bass. I love the plastic worm fish. But as I go through the season, if I don't think that rod and reel and line combination are performing right, that's when I'll fine-tune it. I might try a different rod, length, action, a different type of reel, or maybe just change the line out because I want to get a different performance. What are your rituals? What are you doing to get ready for open water? I mean, you know, Terry, it's a little bit of everything. Number one, rod and reel. Obviously, that's an important thing. So first thing I do, obviously, I have some gear that I'm transferring over from last year. Sometimes I'm purchasing new. But on everything that was old, I don't care if it's six months old or six years old, first thing I do is inspect the guides. Probably one of the biggest issues that anglers have is they get nicks in their guide, whether it's from reeling a, a snap swivel up too far, or even a bait itself, and that, that rod tip guide will get little nicks in it, whether it's going to be stainless steel or fiberglass or whatever the case may be. They get little nicks in it on that ceramic, and all of a sudden your line will start sticking. And once your line starts sticking, it will just cut a groove. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons people experience break-offs in fish because they're getting a rougher line by having a bad guide. So first thing I do, check all my guides. Make sure my guides are in good shape. If they're not, replace the guide or replace the rod itself. But check the guides first. That's number one. Then two, just make sure your reel's in good working order. Really all I'm checking for is making sure I have enough grease in it where my anti-reverse is always working. Make sure your drag's good. Clean them up, and that rod and reel are good. Then you look at line. Um, 
people, I think, you know, even though line can get expensive in some measures, I don't think line gets changed out enough. Um, you know, whether it's just from a memory sake and its performance on a cast all the way down to, to break offs or just, you know, clear clarity. I have line that is perfectly strong. UV has not broken it down, but it appears very dull in color. And that duller color isn't as shiny. The sunlight does not penetrate through it. So it shines and the fish see it. So, I mean, it's on all aspects. Make sure your line is in good working order. Um, I know a lot of anglers that are running super line, whether it's a braid, a fusion. If you put it on last year and your spool is full and you're like, ah, do I need it? Do I not need it? If you're at that in between, this sounds kind of cheap, but what you can do is you can actually reverse it. So if I have a reel that's like, oh man, this line's still strong. It's still in good order, but it's really faded in color. You know, I've been using it for a half season or a season. You can flip it. So take it off to where you're, you know, you're that first cast or two of that much length that it has experienced a lot of abuse and wear and flip it around because the line that's lower on the spool will be brand new. So flip that line. It's like having a brand new line. That'll buy you a season when situations where line is tougher to get and or expensive. Um, and that will help you out. Then I start going through my bait. You know, make sure, you know, get rid of the rust, replace hooks that have been dull and bent. Um, and just overall, give them a quick one through and just make sure things are in, in good working order. Now, I'm not that guy that goes through and tunes them and make sure they're good. I will preach to you on the radio that you need to do that. But in reality, it's not something that I have time for. But I do go through my box. Get rid of anything with rust. Look for broken hooks. Look for bent hooks. You know, look for anything that has a bent eyelet. Um, just do a quick once-over, clean them up, and just make sure you're ready for the season. You know, I got a cute story to tell you. you talked about what you t- what we tell people and what we do. <laughs> I was I was giving an ice fishing seminar years ago. I can't remember where, and I talked about how just working a jig when you're using like four or two pound, very precise presentations can wear that line and you should retie every so often, even if you don't catch a fish. And one of the people asked me, they said, how often do you retie? I said, every time I break off, just like the rest of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, Same as when I, when I replace right my hooks. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things, a couple of things, one of the things I always have to do during the course of the season, when I'm in a bite that's going on, I'll take off a lure and that lure doesn't go back in the box it belongs in. It goes in the box to the lure I want to change to because I'm only picking up one box. And so I have to go through and resort all that. But it's kind of a ritual. It's getting ready for spring. It reminds me of what I need to replace and what I use a lot. So it has a purpose. But the one thing I think people struggle with is real maintenance. And I struggle with this, Nate, and I would just get your opinion. When is it time to just get rid of a reel? When can you service to yourself? When should you bring it to somebody? That's so tough, Terry, because I agree on so many levels. We all have these certain reels that we love, and maybe they're not even a model that's you know, replaceable right now and things like that. So honestly, Terry, I hate to say it because, again, this sounds bad. Every part of your reel is important. The bail spring is important. Your anti-reverse support, your drag is extremely important. At the end of the day, all I truly look for in a reel is my anti-reverse. When I go to set that hook on a cold morning, I've got to make sure that I have enough grease in there where it's pushing on that one-way lever 
to engage that anti-reverse. That's the number one thing that goes out for me. I work a lot of jerk baits. I work a lot of jigs. And my anti-reverses is hands down the first thing and probably the most common thing that fails. So in the situation of that, that's really all I look for in my real maintenance is that my anti-reverse is always working. To test them, I throw them in a deep freeze. Get them 15 below. And that's when they fail. I have reels that fail at about zero degrees and at about negative 30. Uh, and that's the situation of the grease. Not enough grease in it. The grease starts getting stiffer. Um, and it does not activate that one-way basic lever to run that anti-reverse. So that's what I'm looking for. And that, you can pop off that plate on the rear and you can put new grease in it. Whether you're going to go with a silicone base or a graphite base, there's a million different greases out there. Uh, you know, do a quick Google search and you'll figure out the type of grease that reel was getting used in the beginning. Um, fill it up a little bit and that will help you out. So that's my number one is that. And then number two, the other thing to kind of think about, I'm actually down here at Bass Pro today doing this exact same thing. I'm doing a seminar. I have a nighttime walleye seminar at 11 o'clock. Uh, then I have a big pike seminar uh, coming up at 1 o'clock. Uh, we're also talking some lake trout. So we have awesome seminars here at Bass Pro Denver today. But I have a list that I'm following. So any year like this where, I mean, when you're in a hot bite, tackle's always hard to find. It just is what it is. And on years like this with Everything going on. I can't describe it all. Um, we are lacking product. It's been lacking product for a while. So I'm looking at baits, not only that I'm using for like my spring walleye coming up in April, I'm looking at, hey, what are going to be my hot baits in August, September? I'm going to buy them now. So I went through all of my boxes. And, and as a guide, I had to have five or six of every color of every size. So I went through and said, hey, you know, I lost a couple of flicker shads. I lost a few jerk baits. I lost a few of this. Um, and I'm doing that. So I encourage everybody, look through your annual, you know, situation of what tackle you use. Don't think about the present. Don't think about what you're using next weekend. Think about what you're using in summer. Um, make those purchases now while the stores are stocked. Because uh, who knows what uh, what the merchandise availability will be coming up here this summer. So those are all the things to think about. Um, and again, give that plug. Come on down here and see me. You want help answering these exact questions. I'll be at Bass Pro Denver all day today, tomorrow, and next weekend. Uh, I'll actually be at Cabela's Laundry next Saturday and then come to Bass Pro Denver. But I'll be at all the retailers. Uh, come watch a seminar and, and ask the questions. We can help you get some deer. Nate, we got to go. We are way out of time, but we will talk to you next week. We'll talk to you soon, Jay. All right. Nate Zielinski, always a great, uh, great resource. We're going to take a time out. Then our friends at Jack's Outdoor Gear are going to join us. And we're going to talk about another, another opportunity for open water fishing that you don't want to miss out. That's going to be probably happening this week right here in Colorado's Front Range. All that and more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. So much to enjoy. You feel the same way. You don't need to have aching pains slow you down. QC Kinetics is treating patients every day in hundreds of clinics nationwide with remarkable success. Life-changing results with zero downtime. It's the new, better, smarter, non-surgical, non-invasive way to deal with joint pain. Call QC Kinetics for a free consultation 303-900-8986 303-900-8986 qc kinetics denver Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free GetUpside Gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I'll make $200 to $300 this year. 
here. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code DRIVER for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code DRIVER for up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code DRIVER. If you haven't refinanced your mortgage yet, what are you waiting for? Lower mortgage rates are still here and many homeowners can benefit. So why not take advantage of them? It takes as little as 10 minutes to get started when you call American Financing, Colorado's home for home loans. Hey, it's Tyler Columbus, and I like American Financing because they've got salary-based mortgage consultants, which means you get a no-pressure, no-obligation home loan experience. They really do guide you every step of the way. From free mortgage reviews to custom loan options, they do all of it, finding every way to help you save up to $1,000 every month, plus tens of thousands long-term. And if you start right now, you could close in as quick as 10 days. So what are you waiting for? Call 303-695-7000. That's 303-695-7000 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS number 182334. Call 303-695-7000 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. Welcome back to Colorado's largest outdoor show, March 24th at the Colorado Convention Center. Bring the family and discover your next adventure. Buy the latest gear, find the best destinations, get expert advice at free seminars and activities. Free entry for youth 15 and under. Your life outdoors at the International Sportsman's Expo, March 24th through 27th in Denver. More info at sportsexpos.com. What if you could build a six-figure retirement income in just five payments? You heard that right. In just five payments, you could set up a six-figure retirement cash flow for as long as you live. Hi, this is Dave Bjorklund, best-selling author of the book, Spend It All. Right now, there's a retirement crisis in America because the pension system of old has been raided and Social Security is running out of money. Most Americans are shocked to find out they would need to save over $2.5 million to have a $100,000 income in retirement. That's why this revolutionary new five-payment retirement program was released, allowing everyday Americans to use bank money to create a retirement cash flow without relying on Social Security or pensions. Even people who are on track have shifted money to this new strategy because it accelerates the amount they will have in retirement or can allow them to stop working years sooner. So if you are over age 50 and want to build a bigger, better retirement in just five payments, call 1-800-493-1717 now to see if you qualify. Plus, as a free bonus, you'll get the six-figure retirement acceleration guide. Call 1-800-493-1717. That's 1-800-493-1717. Thinking about a major home remodel or addition? Hey, it's C-Mac. Let me refer you to AAA Home Improvements. They serve clients who expect high-quality design-build services at a fair price. Get a free estimate at AAAHomeImprovements.com today and tell them DMAC referred you. Dr. Joseph Ramos is a doctor and lawyer specializing in personal injury law. Been in an auto accident? Put the doctor lawyer to work for you by visiting RamosLaw.com. Ramos Law, what makes us different makes us better. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. And speaking of Jack, but before we go to that, let me do something. Let me give away a couple ISE tickets. A couple segments ago, we had Frank Griggs on. He does a program for vets and first responders. First one to text Karen at 
303-713-1043 and give her the name of that program or at least a good description of it. We got two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition for you. That's the program for vets and first responders we talked about just a couple segments ago. Text the name of that program or description to Karen. We'll give you a couple tickets. Let's go to the phones now. And joining us from Jack's is Casey Prather. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Terry. Hey, before we even get started, I want to say kudos to Jack's. We do a kids thing at ISE on Sundays. And um, I just got word Friday that Jack's is going to be donating some tackle to give to those kids. So thank you guys so very much. Certainly. All right. I lost you for a minute, but let's move on. Casey, I um, I was talking to, uh, over the course of the show, we've been talking about ice fishing. We talked about open water for walleyes. It's starting to creep in there. But there's a bite that's already going on in some lakes, and it's going to get just better and better. And I'll be honest, I've checked out of ice fishing for the year, and I'm ready to take advantage of that. And that's a spring shoreline bite for trout. It can really be phenomenal, can't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. As soon as the ice starts receding, you know, you don't have to have the entire lake iced off. But, uh, yeah, those trout, they'll start cruising the shorelines and uh, could be an easy target. And it's not only, um, well, you get two opportunities. They're actually starting to stock already. And there's holdover stockers that are a little bigger. that, And they kind of go back to where they were put in at implants them that they want to spawn there. And then there's also bigger holdover fish that move into the shallows because you've got your bug life, your minnow life going on. And you're talking about an opportunity that for some people, it could be the biggest trout of their season, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You tend to see a lot of small bait fish congregating along the shorelines this time of year. Now, I've seen, I've, I took a drive a couple weeks ago, and Carter Lake was pretty much open, and Flatiron was opening up, and I'm sure I'll get some ideas from you on a few places you go, but you, from both a fly fishing and a conventional perspective, let's explore this a little bit. As a fly angler, do you take advantage of this shoreline as the ice recedes? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's uh, one of those things, too, that, you know, even if you don't have a full day uh, to devote to your fishing, you know, you can get out for just a couple of hours. It's pretty minimal. Um, Not a whole lot of different flies required. And, you know, you're really not having to do a lot of waiting. So, you know, if you keep a a rod in the, the vehicle with you, you know, on your way home from work or something, you can stop and fish for a couple hours. You should always have fishing gear in your car in case you have to make an emergency stop to fish. That's my saying. Once, you know, so we should always be in the car. But how do you approach? Let's just say, let's start from a fly fisherman, then we'll go to a conventional. The ice is receding. There might still be ice on the lake. It may be only 30 or 40 feet from shore, but those fish are getting active. What do you look for and how do you approach it? Yeah, you know, essentially I'm running, you know, the same kind of setup that I would be, um, you know, if I was fishing the rivers around here. So uh, a five-weight rod with a floating line tends to work just as well as anything. And, uh, you know, just more or less walking the shorelines, looking for cruising fish, 
um, fish that are active um, are going to be a little bit easier to get to. Um, but even, you know, the cruisers and the fish that are just holding, um, you know, y- you may have to lead them a little bit uh, as to not spook them. But, um, you know, they'll definitely eat. That's for sure. Now, and I'm using a lot of. Uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You're, you were going right where I was going to ask. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so for flies, you know, this time of year, um, you know, there's there is bug life, but it's pretty minimal. Uh, so I tend to throw a lot more of your streamer patterns, imitating a lot of uh, small leeches and bait fish. Um, and then the other thing is, is, uh, you know, recently you've seen a lot more of the streamers tied on jig hooks. And uh, the jig hooks can be a benefit as well, um, because if the bite's pretty slow, you can kind of just let it sit along the bottom there. And a lot of these flies that have the natural materials, you know, they're still going to be moving within the water, um, but you're not having to constantly be uh, stripping it in as well, too. You know, that, that brings a great point. A lot of fly anglers are hesitant to fish streamers. Now, you described a situation where you can be a little more subtle, but a lot of times you have to give a streamer life. You have to bring it, make it look appealing. And so many fly anglers are used to having the river tell them where the fish are, and then the drift make their presentation. So a lot of them are hesitant to understand that that streamer is imitating a bleach or a minnow. You have, usually, you have to give it some life. Absolutely. And you're looking for the same things in the lakes that you would be in the rivers, you know, uh, structures, a big one and, you know, a food source, of course, you know, if you can find one of those two, uh, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, if you can find both, uh, odds are really good that you're going to be able to get into some fish. I would think egg patterns would work well too, since those rainbows will be trying to spawn. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even even in some of the areas where they go through more of a false spawn, you know, they their their body's still telling them to go through the motions of the spawn. And so at a minimum, you know, they're at least going to be stacking up into the inlets and and areas where you have some gravel beds and whatnot. Now, let's switch to conventional rods real quickly. Um, If I want to go with a spinning rod instead of a fly rod, can I do that? Oh, absolutely. You know, if you wanted to do uh, more of the conventional approach to it, um, I like light, uh, medium light rods, um, really whatever length you're most comfortable with. Um, And then four to six pound test. Uh, I personally prefer, you know, either mono or fluorocarbon, um, but the braid will work just fine. Um, The thing, if if you're wanting to run the braid, you know, it's a good idea to run a nice long leader, you know, probably something in the 12... 10 to 12 foot range um just with the water clarity you don't you don't want to give away your position or spook the fish at all so um you know a little bit of mono or fluorocarbon on a leader there goes a long way and then for lures um you know you're essentially kind of representing the same kind of things uh mostly bait fish uh and there's a lot of good stuff out there you know the small plastics uh from gulp alive uh, like the rainbow smelts and the shads in that two-inch range tend to work really well this time of year. Um, some other stuff from Berkeley, like the atomic teasers, and then even uh, some of the micro crankbaits. Uh, Berkeley has that newer hit stick um, that's made kind of for that 
particular situation. And then you can even get into some of the smaller cranks like the number three repellas and things of that sort as well. Now, everything I would need if I'm going to go either fly fishing or conventional fishing, you'd have available at Jack's, right? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, right now, uh, product is flooding in. We're getting all of our spring orders. And uh, I definitely recommend, you know, everybody uh, kind of think ahead a little bit this year. Um, you know, we just, it's, it's really hard to say what the supply chain is going to be like later on in the summer. So, you know, now is as good a time as ever to kind of think ahead and, you know, go through all of your tackle and try to plan ahead a little bit more so this year than on a traditional year. Last question, and we got to run. You talked about the supply chain. Turkey hunting is right around the corner. It's going to start soon. What about turkey ammo, shotguns, decoys, calls? How are you sitting there, and what's it look like for this year? Uh, we're looking really good on the turkey stuff. Um, you know, we've got tons of calls from Primos, Carlton, and Zinc. Um, quite a few different options as far as turkey loads. You know, mostly all in that four and five shot, but specific to turkey loads. Um, we've got, you know, the banded turkey vest for the guys that like that, that padded vest to sit on. And as far as camo goes, you know, we're, we're pretty well stocked on camo. Um, the nice thing about having our military surplus department attached to our hunting is, uh, you know, there's a surplus of camo, um, everything from ghillie suits to, you know, pants, bibs, coats, really about anything you could want. All right, Casey, we are out of time, but all these, uh, all this gear is available at all the Jack's Outdoor stores up and down the front range? Absolutely. All right, my friend, we will talk to you again soon. Get out and catch some of those trout. Sounds great. Thank you, Terry. Always a pleasure. You bet. That's uh, Casey Prather from Jack's Outdoor Gear. Mr. Chad Lachance is patiently waiting. He's going to talk to us about fishing clubs after this time out on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, and normally I'd listen to more of this Eagles music, but Chad Lachance has been, I hope, patiently waiting, so let's go to the phones. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Your good friend Nate Zelensky got a little long-winded today, so I appreciate you hanging on. <laughs> oh, no worries. I'm used to that out of Nate. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I was telling you, you want to fill a 10-minute segment, if you want to fill a 10-minute segment, ask Nate a two-minute question. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's always got good information, though, and he's going to be good down at the International Sportsman's Expo later this, uh, this month. Yeah, so you're going to be there. Caught up. Yeah, you'll be there. Nate will be there. A lot of our good friends will be there. I'm looking forward to it. But before that, even getting into it, you know, a lot of people are trying to get out fishing. There are some opportunities we talked about during the show, both open water and ice fishing. But a lot of people are going to ease into it as we get a little further in. And a lot of people are either going back to fishing because of COVID or are taking it up for the first time in their lives. And you're going to talk about something that I think can be so important not only to the development of the individual and the camaraderie they can find, but also to the voice of sportsmen, and that's the affinity groups, the clubs. What's on your mind Absolutely. about that? 
yeah, you know, I think it's a big deal to get involved with uh, with some of the clubs out there. And, and you basically hit the nail on the head. What, what made me want to talk about this is, you know, these days, uh, traditional outdoor pursuits like hunting and fishing have come under plenty of attack and uh, from non-traditional outdoors people. And I get it. There's, you know, some societal changes and things like that. But one of the best things about being organized with a, with a group of some sort is it does provide a united voice. And then all of those groups could get together and provide an even larger united voice. And that's a really important thing for the state of fishing in general, uh, hunting and fishing and access to, to water, uh, you know, to, to places to recreate and fish. So it's, that's one of the biggest reasons to get involved in my opinion. Uh, if you, if you want to, you know, protect the future, let's just say of, of traditional outdoor pursuits. But beyond that, I owe probably my entire fishing career to meeting a couple of folks and getting involved in a bass fishing club because, Prior to that, I loved to fish, just like a lot of people. I fished all the time, as much as I could. But I didn't even realize the how far behind the learning curve I was and what kind of options were out there and you know all the different ways to fish and things like that. And I learned all of that stuff by getting involved with a bass fishing club early on, back in, in the mid-'90s. And what you'll find out when you get involved with some of these clubs is that a lot of those folks will take you under their wing and teach you what's up. And if nothing else, you'll be exposed to a lot of different things by being involved in the fishing club, different techniques, different styles of fishing in general, uh, different ways to locate fish, all of that. So there's is really you can do it for selfish reasons to better your own angling. Also, the camaraderie is a huge deal. Um, some of the clubs like the Denver Bassmasters, which is the first club I got with, they've been around for 35 or 40 years. And some of the members have been there for 20 plus years. And so you become very long friends with, with people in the club as well. So there's a lot of reasons to do it and lots of different styles of clubs. And, you know, you're right about a lot of different styles. You mentioned, you know, everybody thinks about the bass clubs because they've been so prominent in fishing across the United States. But right here in Colorado, we have walleye. We have, we used to have muskie. I'm not sure. We have all the different trout organizations, TU, and then the fly fishing organizations. And there's almost a club or an organization, of course, all the hunting clubs, for almost any activity, isn't there? Absolutely there is. And, and a big one for me, which went on to really enrich my life as a guy who doesn't have kids, is some of the youth clubs. So... Um, the junior Bassmasters um, and the high school bass initiatives that are going down. So if you're an angler, maybe your kids are grown and gone, or maybe you're like me, you don't have kids, or maybe you're a, a you know a 20-something and haven't gotten around to considering kids yet, you can also get involved in clubs and, and mentor or coach other kids. And that's what I did. I coached the same kid from the time he was 10 years old all the way until he went off to college up to and including winning 30 some thousand dollars in scholarship money at two boats in the high school national championship. So you can take it to whatever level you want. If you want to be a, a weekend bass or walleye guy, uh, and, and go hit, you know, occasional tournaments on Pueblo and Horsetooth Reservoir, well, you can definitely do that, but you can also take it to a higher level if you want to, just depending on the clubs. There's, 
there's clubs in Colorado that, that go around to regional circuits. So they're fishing, you know, in Kansas and Nebraska, as well as Colorado uh, and things like that. And then most of the clubs, in my experience, also will have an educational component where somebody from the club will speak at one of the group meetings or they'll have outside speakers in, which I've, I've done a few of those for, for different clubs. Uh, the Colorado Walleye Association, I did a presentation for them, and I've done several for bass fishing clubs as well. So you can really, it's all about the education and the camaraderie more than anything else, and then the United Voice is just the, the bonus that comes from that. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I think they're so important and such a big part. And this is a time of the year when there's a lot of recruitment going on where these clubs, you know, are kind of in that shoulder season. This is where they're trying to really aggressively sign people up to the clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and depending on what style of fishing it is you're interested in, uh, I'll tell folks who can reach out to me. I'll start a, we'll start a thing on the Fishful Thinker Facebook page today and get everybody to list all the clubs so we can get all the contact information there. Um, and, and you can go to the various meetings. But generally they have recruiting meetings where people will show up. Uh, you decide if you like the group of guys, whatever, and, and get involved. Typically, there's a small amount of dues that go with it. None of the clubs are for-profit. They're all non-profits. A lot of them do fundraisers. Centennial Bass Club, uh, famous for its fundraisers they do here in northern Colorado. Um, so, you know, you go, you sign up, you pay your dues. Most of what your dues is paying for is insurance so that they can hold organized events and get permits for tournaments, uh, which which generally the municipalities charge for. But, um yeah, a lot of times, too, if you're a bass or wild guy, you can get in somebody else's boat. It's a really good opportunity to get in a boat with somebody else that you may not have a boat. But when you sign up to fish in the bass club, a lot of them will be draw tournaments where they'll randomly draw and pair you with a boater. So you'll get to go boating uh, with that person. And if you're a boater that doesn't have someone to fish with, you'll have someone to share your expenses as well. So it's a really good system all the way around and uh, and like I said some of my some of my oldest friends at this point um, have evolved from from various fishing clubs years ago now we're about to run out of time so I got to switch gears on you real quick we've been talking a lot about shore fishing opportunities what's going on at Horsetooth well, we that last cold snap froze a lot of stuff. The main body of the water is back open. The main lake itself is a lot of it's open, but South Bay is all frozen, which is where I would tell people generally to go fish this time of year. Uh, I've listened to the end of your segment talking about trout going through the motions, but not really spawning. They do that here as well. Uh, but the boat ramp areas where they would do that normally are frozen. So if you're going to do any sore fish at horse season right now, you're going to have to hike down the side of the hill. Uh, it's not going to be the easiest access, to be honest with you. There's a little bit of open water in the inlet, but the inlet's been turned off, so there's not any running water. So it doesn't generally hold fish like it does when it's running. So uh, not the best opportunities right now, but about two days of this breeze, it's blowing pretty good up here right now. A little bit of warm weather, a couple days of this breeze, uh, I think it'll open up quite a bit. Yeah, I think so, too. I think things are going to change very rapidly. People tend to think, oh, we got so much ice, but with the sun at the intensity it is by the middle of March and with these warm weather, um, even if the temperatures don't get warm, it's going to be amazing how fast some of this ice will disappear. Chad, I got to let you go, but there's just so much going on. I will, I will see you at ISE here in just about a week and a half. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that. Bunch of education going on there, some casting. Uh, casting. I'm going to do a presentation on casting and also uh, a presentation on lure selection. And so I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy about both of those. I think it'll be fun. Looking forward to seeing everybody there.
It's all right, my friend. We'll talk to you again very soon. All right. Thanks, Terry. You guys have a great day. You bet. You too, Chad. Thanks. That's always a great resource. Chad Lachance from Fishful Thinker. Of course, follow his TV program. Um, and follow us on Facebook. If you like what's going on in the show, go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and follow us. We really try to tell you what's coming up on the show. We put fishing reports up there. We repost podcasts of the segments uh, from the show up there. Really keeps you in tune with the show and keeps the information fresh. So follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You know, we haven't given away. We got, I think, another set of ISE tickets to give away. Karen's nodding at me, so I got to think of a good question. I tell you what, three people were on today's show that will be doing uh, appearances at the International Sportsman's Exposition. You text Karen at 303-713-1043 and tell her the name of any one of those three people that will be appearing at ISE, and she'll put two tickets and we'll call for you at the show. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up this edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're just a teardrop. In my eyes each night I cry myself to sleep You're just a memory of a love I somehow couldn't keep Terry Winston Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. <clears throat> Obviously, that cut was one of the cuts from the Loneliness and Love EP by Wickstrom and Dobruth. We'd appreciate if you'd search us on social media or your favorite streaming service and give a listen. A couple quick things. Uh, <clears throat> fishing licenses run out the end of March. If you haven't got yours, you should get it now so you don't get caught in a bind. If you buy it now, it's good through the end of next March so you don't lose any time. So remember, if you're headed out, <clears throat> follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Follow us on Facebook for Wickstrom and Dobrith and other social media for Wickstrom and Dobrith. Next, next week, <clears throat> excuse me, we will, uh, because of uh, NCAA basketball, we will be on, instead of being on the fan from 9 to 11, we will be on ESPN from 10 to noon. So remember that. We'll also post that on our Facebook page so you can follow along. Now, is Mr. Dan Jacobs in the studio? I am here. All right. couple quick things for you. Yes, Number sir. one, my production people tell me that our attempt at a theme song for you is in production right now, and I should have a demo of it. This weekend, I was hoping to have it to you before today, but as soon as it's done, I will get it to you so you can review it and give us your yay or nay. I will wait with uh, bated breath, Mr. Wickstrom. <clears throat> yeah, well, you kind of have an idea what it's about, but we'll see. I think it came pretty good, but it's totally up to you, my friend. <clears throat> so we're looking forward to it. It'll be kind of fun. Anyway, Broncos, are we getting too excited because we have a quarterback, we've heard for all these years that that was the missing piece. But now that we've got a quarterback, and I am all for the Russell Wilson trade, I think at least it gives us a sense of who the guy is. I think he's still got plenty left in the tank, but we have a new coach, a new quarterback, a new system. It may take some time to gel, but I think at least we're going in with that question answered for the next few years. But we still have a lot of holes. Right. Well, we're not going to win the Super Bowl next year, but man, it's going to be a lot more exciting. And we are on the path to the upswing now. There, there's hope now. 
There's hope, Terry. Well, you know, and that's, I, I mentioned it earlier. It reminds me of every time a fisherman is headed to the lake, Mm-hmm. In his mind, he's getting a fish on every cast, and he's thinking about the big ones he's going to catch. And for most fishermen, about 90% of the time, it doesn't work out like that. I agree. It's going to be so much more exciting. We're going into it with a whole different feel. But I also think, at least for the beginning, let's temper it <clears throat> and say it's going to be better, it's going to be fun, but let's not try to predetermine the outcome because there's still a lot of work to do. You know what it was like, Terry? You know, I used to coach bowling here in Aurora back in the day. <laughs> used to coach the youngsters up and used to toil around. And every year you had a hope for a championship. You never really got one until you, you molded a young Dan Jacobs. And then, <laughs> and then you captured a state championship. You know, it took a little time and then we got one. It, yeah, you had that 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 finally that piece, and now we have that piece here in Denver. It, it's I think it's a good analogy, don't you, Coach? Yeah, I think that we should end it on that. That's about as far as we're going to get. But great analogy, my friend. Also, I'll close this up so you can talk sports. Thank you, Coach. All right, thanks, Dan. This is well. We're going to wrap up this edition of Terry Wixom Outdoors. Normally, every Saturday, ninth eleven here on the Fan. Next week, ten to noon on ESPN. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in Dan Jacobs and sports.